What's up, everybody? Episode 18 of the No Chance Podcast. As always, your host, Ryan. And Nate. Uh, this is the first time in a long time that we've uh, been able to record video of us because we semi got evicted out of our out of our studio. So um, our setting is going <laughs> to be looking a little bit different every time. So um, yeah. Hello, everybody on YouTube. Finally, some, foot, um, some content for you guys. I know we've oh. been kind of been <laughs> slacking, but... Um, First off, we want to say, as always, we always start off every episode just saying thank you. We're at about 2,000, last time I checked, 2,100 listens hey. on SoundCloud. So I'm going to play like an a, applause sound yeah. for us. All right, this is Ryan. This is where you insert the applause. <laughs> insert right applause, here. insert okay. applause. But yeah, definitely shout out to everybody that's ever listened to us, ever liked one of our tracks, reposted, told her friends, even, you know, said anything nice or bad. It doesn't matter. Uh, we just appreciate it in general. You. So we definitely appreciate that. That's super That's super cool. I think our next goal, I'm, I'm aiming for 10,000. I think in order to have, like, more of an official an official SoundCloud, it's got to be double digits, like double, double thousands. Okay. Do you think we can set that goal for, like, what time frame do you want to put on that? What is it? So it is it's about to be the new year, man. It's almost 2018. So happy holidays to everybody listening as well. Um, we're going to use the politically correct term now. Holiday, we, happy we, don't, holidays. we don't know who <laughs> celebrates what, you know what I mean? Or I could just say, you know, happy Kwanzaa, happy Hanukkah, ha- Merry Christmas, whatever. Just happy, just, happy December. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, happy <laughs> December. It could be just a happy December. But I'd say f- our goal for 2018. 18 is to have 10,000 listens within the next two months two months i was gonna say like june no 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 i definitely gotta have a higher expectation for us we're putting out a lot of content um that's true we have um, we're gonna have maybe within the next couple weeks we'll have 20 something episodes so yeah and it's stacking up it's it's like steadily increasing every week which is like a great thing to see like if you look at our stats on soundcloud obviously you guys can't but we can so when you look at it it looks like a fucking like crazy bar graph and like every time it's just like doubled and quadrupled so it's only a matter of time before we hit ten thousand. and once we do Shit, I don't know. We throwing a party. party. We going out like we got to do something to celebrate. Maybe you Vegas. got a boyfriend, <laughs> Yvonne. But it's definitely gonna be. It's definitely gonna be really awesome uh, if we get ten thousand. So keep listening, keep subscribing. We appreciate it. Um, so I put out on Instagram the other day, just kind of like a like a teaser. I didn't expect anybody to respond to be honest. But yeah, me neither. When you put it out. I I <laughs> Usually it's just me talking out loud. <laughs> That's what it is. But I asked people, what is it that we should talk about on the next episode, this episode, currently what you're listening to? Um, I know a lot of people are expecting this sort of like end of the year wrap up, but we'll do that for next week. We'll do that I next think week. Yeah, next yeah, week yeah. is, what is that? What's today? The 22nd? Yeah. So it'll be a, little, 20, a couple no, days 21st. after a couple days after Christmas, a couple days before New Year's, and I think um, the whole like, new year roundup sort of thing will will happen then so definitely stay tuned for that one but for the questions that i did get let me see if i can read them let's see here also for those of you wondering why i'm hunched over it's because like my (laughs) mic is in my lap so if you're watching this on youtube that's why nate's mic is currently clipped to his belt loop 
and it's a little weird because it looks like <laughs> he's just talking to his crotch, but it's whatever, man. We're, we're going to keep it moving. We got a, we have a place to record, so that's the only thing that, that we're kind of happy about. All right, so first question, and probably one of the most active dudes on you know our Instagram and just hitting us up on a daily basis, Connor Nichols, shout out to you, man. Uh, this question revolves around how much photography and Instagram plays a part in streetwear culture. How can you answer that one? I feel like I'm in a beauty pageant right now. <laughs> um, what I'm going to do for America <laughs> is to solve world peace. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like photography and Instagram, just being a social media platform, has a huge impact on what streetwear is and what fashion in general is yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, what do you think? Like, I feel like right now it's the most instantaneous way of getting anything revolving around streetwear out as fast as possible yeah okay it doesn't even thing is is that it doesn't even have to be streetwear it could literally be anything yeah no else. anything it yeah could be anything else and like we talked about in our last episode like social media or just media in general the internet in general it's, of course, it's a yeah. huge like platform um that can impact pretty much everything no i think so at, yeah and yeah. in, in regards to like in the streetwear or just literally anything pictures of dogs like you yeah. can take a picture Dude. of your dog on a daily basis and get it out there to this entire community that's into the same shit as you so in regards to streetwear that, that Connor's sort of asking about it, it plays a huge role because it not only and, and there's a bad part to it too like we discussed discussed last time I'll get to that yeah. in a second but the positive aspect is is anybody can be a creative anybody can show their personality anybody yeah. can show their individualism essentially on on within photography and within instagram so i think that's the best part yeah and i mean like we said before basically what you're saying is that the internet just makes things more democratic so yeah. more people who maybe weren't living in like a huge urban center yeah like LA, New York, whatever. Now they can also take you part become in a part of the community. Yeah, you exactly. Become, exactly. You're, you're you're part of the hashtag community. Yeah, basically. somewhere, in, somebody in like what's a really like rural state like Oklahoma. Okay, that's a good <laughs> one. Yeah, somewhere, someone in Oklahoma can be part of a streetwear community now. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, definitely. Whereas maybe five, ten years ago, like there was no streetwear community out there, or at least a very small one. If you know yeah, what you know like you said, within the more metropolitan areas, more yeah. like highly dense uh, populations. Um, so yeah, uh, it, but also, yeah, on, on top of that, what the negative part of having Instagram and streetwear, or Instagram and photography within streetwear is this idea of people take a lot of inspiration from it, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's kind of negative because that's all you know, and yeah. you're, you're not willing to venture outside of what you see on your feeds. Very true. So for example, like if you were to type in hashtag streetwear, which we have been doing a lot on Instagram, You'll see a lot of the same people in the same outfits and easy 350 very rarely do you see someone and we've been commenting and liking other people's pictures too but very rarely it takes a couple minutes of scrolling to find somebody that's just like i like what they're doing and it's not the same as everybody else yeah so that's definitely one of the, the positives and one of negative one of the negatives so shout out to you connor for ask actually asking us a question um that's really cool um the second question is from and i wish there was a last name here but her name is sarah she is from europe i think it's paris to be honest um but her question was how can a new streetwear brand catch your attention 
and make you deviate from your usual brand choices. When we talk, okay, what are we talking about when we're talking about usual brand choices? So like, what, what we traditionally wear. So if you guys have ever referred to a, like recent episodes, I kind of describe sort of Nate's overall like fashion sense. It's the uh, the workwear inspired Dickies with the Converse in the car and like that sort of thing. What makes what can a brand do to deviate you from buying a pair of Dickies? Essentially, or what you're you not what you're used to, but uh, what you typically buy, you know, that's a good question. Um, I think honestly, it just goes back to being original and presenting something that maybe I haven't seen before, yeah. or at least I think for me, like quality always stands out to me. So, of course, like quality of materials, just like attention to detail, things like that. I think it could be like the most boring piece. It could be literally like a pair of jeans or like a t-shirt, but if you're putting out a quality piece, that'll definitely catch my attention. You know I think so too. I think when it comes to quality is an important thing. I think if it's if it's better than what I usually buy, yeah. but not for like a, a higher price margin, then I'll, I'll experiment with it. Yeah. Um, usually that's how I become brand loyal is, is usually if there's a brand that's sort of falling off from slightly becoming disinterested with it mm -hmm. than another brand that's so, sort of similar to it, but yeah. prices a little bit higher, but not too much, then I'll sort of stray away from it. So obviously when I was younger, when I would buy, for example, just like the basic stuff like Diamond Supply and Hundreds and stuff, the thing that made me want to deviate into another brand like Supreme or let's say even more expensive clothing, maybe like Acme Studios, whatever, was this idea of qu quality but for the price wasn't too different. And I yeah. think that's one of the more important things, at least in my case. And then in regards to just like, and brand loyalty is a huge thing for me, at least. You have to like invest in, you know, who the people are that created it. You know, you're, you're invested in what their message is and what their mission is and just to sort of look. Lately, not too many brands have been able to like really persuade me in buying. So like, any. yeah, so there's a because there's a lot. Yeah. We we come across them on a date like a day to day basis, and I'm always sending you shit. It's check out this brand or check out you know what this brand uh, put out or this jacket or whatever. But half the time we're like, that's dope. Well, but I'm not gonna buy it. The thing for me is that I don't really like the way that I dress. I would say is that. I wear just more kind of classic, timeless pieces. Yeah, like, I'm yeah. not going out of my way to find something drastically different. So, I mean, this is, like, pretty much what I've been wearing for... The past five, like six, the past, yeah, seven like five, years. Yeah, like, five, six, seven years, like, in some way, shape, or form. Like, it's still kind of the same, so... Yeah. I would yeah. say I would, I would say mine's a little bit different now. I think when yeah. you get a little bit more money, you know... Uh, you start to you start to switch up what yeah, you buy. Yeah, that's why I paid for lunch earlier. But, but, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, but it makes sense. Like I get it. Like I would totally deviate from my usual brands if I had a little bit more money, if I could afford a little bit more. So yeah, shout out to Sarah for the for the okay, awesome well, question. Well, I think okay. I th oh yeah, go ahead. I, I don't know if this is like her question, but maybe she's asking like, what could a brand do, like a smaller brand, let's say, do okay. to like pique our interest as opposed to. Um, like just going with our regular brands. Like All right, yeah. Let's talk about you know let's talk about that approach. Okay, let's say like let me put this in context. Let's say it's like uh, a streetwear brand that's just starting out, and they have like some stuff on Instagram, stuff like that. Like they're just 
in the very beginning stages of actually yeah. you know starting their brand um as opposed to like Stussy or Supreme okay, or whatever, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, what like will draw you to them? Like, we're on like a like a streetwear Shark Tank, and they're trying to pitch their brand. Yeah, exactly. What it, what is going to set them apart? I'd say it has to be organic. Like, it has yeah, to be sure. like there has to be a certain feeling that we get, and and yeah. and I think it is a vibe. Yeah. When it comes to these streetwear brands, because you know who's trying to be like too try hard compared to like oh like this is a very you know, organic. It came together pretty, pretty normal. Like you guys are like mesh really well together. You can kind of sense that when you see a brand. Yeah. And also another thing is anything that's currently on trend is probably a no for me, because I know like if you're a brand that arises out of a trend, you're probably not going to make it out of there as often as other brands do. True. True. Uh, that's just my honest opinion. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think it's all about narrative. Like I always yeah. like brands that have. That's like a, good, a word. good story behind them or um, want to tell some sort of different story or uh, have an image that they just kind of put out really well. Um, and yeah. No, like narrative, narrative much, was yeah. the word that I was looking for. Yeah. There has to be something that you're building upon. Yeah. I, it's, sometimes it's hard for me to attract to something where it's just like, I just want to make a product. Yeah. Like, nah, man. Like, there has to be a reason behind it. There has to be yeah. a reason. Like, what makes you so interested in creating a, a design put on a t-shirt what is it that you're trying to do with yeah that? and that's the thing too is that if you're going to be spending like hundreds of dollars in like creating and designing a product and putting it out there like have a purpose obviously i wanted to have like some sort of meaning behind it or some sort of purpose you know what i'm saying yeah yeah and i think that's and important. i think yeah most people do would like the same too yeah sorry guys i can't talk right now i'm like no, that's a good that's a, eight. i totally kind of like i totally that that question kind of flew over my head in terms of like what the actual approach was so if anything, we answered your question twice. Um, so or maybe not at all, but yeah, <laughs> probably. All right. So oh, one of the things that's been going on is that uh, people, like I said earlier, people are starting to release their best of 2017 lists, and just one of the ones that I wanted to bring up because it is very, very debatable is Hypebeast is doing these sort of Instagram collages of their top 10 whatevers of 2017. So. What I have in front of me here, obviously you guys can't see it, but you could always go to their Instagram to see. It's the top 10 sneakers of 2017. Now, we talk about it all the time. We talk about the Off-White collection. That's a, like, that's a guarantee winner, obviously, the Off-White Air Jordan 1s. That's been talked about for the longest fucking time. You have Air Jordan 4, the Cause. Cause, yeah. That's, that's fine. Um, there's a couple in here that I feel like shouldn't belong in here. Like which ones? So, Call them out. And this is just based off of based off of my honest opinion. But it is, I think it got really popular the last, maybe last two months with these Balenciaga Triple S trainers and the whole chunky, chunky Dude, shoe I, wave. I just can't get on that wave, man. I just don't like those at all. Like, Shout out to you if you can pull them off, but like yeah. for me, the appeal is non-existent. Like I just do not like those. Shoes. Yeah, I like the idea of a shoe with character. I mean, in character could be could mean a couple things: material, color, and just like overall, just aesthetic. Sometimes, if aesthetic. it looks if it looks <laughs> if it looks kind of crazy, I think sometimes it, it can work yeah. to a certain extent. But I think. The reason why it's on this list so much, or the reason why it's so popular and on this list is probably because of all the, the talk about it being so ugly and it gaining this sort of hype around it. It's almost it. like it's popular, but in, a, in an 
an ironic way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's a that's a, a very important Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just it's it. it's not me. Like it's an interesting take on a sneaker for sure, but it's just not me. So. It falls right under that whole like Kanye garb. You know what I mean? Like it's it's like the, it's like I'm tired of wearing my 350s. What else is there to wear? That's true. Here I go. I got another option. Yeah. Um, so, all right. Uh, the next shoe, and probably one of the more underwhelming releases, and to be honest, I was kind of excited about it, but then that hype sort of died down fairly quick, were these um, these new Black Pigeons, the, the Dunk Lows. Yeah. As amazing as it was when it first released, as hyped as it was, I think that they sort of missed their mark, and they just... They just totally blew it with this one. Do you think they should just reissued like, like why retro? the fuck not? Like yeah. why wouldn't you just re-release the same shoe? You could like, so what they do with like re-release SB Dunks is maybe they'll make it a high, yeah. maybe they'll make it a low, or maybe they'll like change the lining or something. Maybe they'll make it like a Dunk Elite. Yeah, like, like like a completely yeah. different yeah. shoe. But like, first of all, the colorway isn't even great. It's it's a it's an all black shoe with with the pigeon orange and then just the pigeon embroidery on the side just re-release the pigeon dunk it's not that hard like i actually i was kind of a fan of it you like them yeah just because they're like a little bit more subtle like for yeah me, like they're a little bit more wearable with like the type of stuff that i wear now but i think t- for me i get what you're saying i've always had a thing against like black midsoles like i cannot do a black midsole shoe like I tried wearing that like a couple times and I thought I could pull it off, but it, there's just something about it that like really trips me out. It's almost like as if my foot is like in the ground. Like I, I can't, even, I don't know where my foot ends and where the ground starts. It's a weird thing. Um, but, and then the, the last one were these uh, golf wing Converse, the, the golf LaFleurs. I don't know about those. To be honest, I bought the first one. The um, yeah. Well, do you still have those? I do, but I don't wear them because give them to me. What the hell? Th- we were, we're different sizes. No, what size are you in those? I think it's a nine. I could do that's my <laughs> size in one stars. All right, we'll see, man. We'll, we'll, we'll right, talk about anyways, trades later anyways, on down the road. Whatever. But I uh, think with that shoe, it didn't really. It was like there's a lot of shoes that released. Yeah. There's a lot of shoes that that caused a lot more hype than than that shoe. I think just the fact that it's just another big artist collaboration. It's not very different from anything that's been done. It's just another. Converse collab. I just I really like the colorways. Like I think they did a really good job like pairing the colorways. Yeah. So I appreciate it in that aspect, but I don't know if it would be in like my top ten. Okay, so if you could choose your top ten, or at least like one that you would throw in a top ten, you don't have to say all ten. What what would it be? Obviously, it can't be any of the off-white shit because everybody knows that that's like that's like if there. I could throw any shoe in the top ten that came out this year yeah. that isn't currently in the top ten. You're yeah. Saying. Um. I don't know. You go first. I can't think right I now. Think, I think one thing that they missed the mark on was naming Air Max 97s. Ooh, They didn't yeah, name any Air Max 97 one. to that come out in 2017. And they, like all of them came out in 2017. Yeah. They had Silver Bullets, uh, the Gold Ones, um, fucking every time, the Undefeated Ones. Like, they didn't mention that at all as shoot, like, top shoes in 2017. So that would definitely be the one that I would have chose. Just... It sucks, but it's okay. Dude, I can't. What would you choose? I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. I can't think of anything right now. To be honest, that um, was the only thing that I could think of. I can't think of any other shoe that came out. But yeah, the thing. I don't know. I haven't really bought shoes in a while. Ooh, so. I got it. What? Vans old schools. 
<laughs> that should be the shoe of 2017. I haven't worn those in like two years. In terms of like its cultural impact within a given year, Vans old school is I definitely. Mean, they're still cool, but yeah. That's like an easy one though. Like yeah. if you wanted to put. I thought we were talking about like more special shoes though, like a collab or like something that's I think, a little bit I think more the way that Hypebeast did it was like overall impact shoes of 2017 because what they included in there was the nike air vapor max okay. as being the shoe one of okay. the shoes of yeah. 2017 so um if we got like more into it of course like old schools and one stars and and some other stuff as well but for the most part i think that's a pretty good Ooh. pretty good list um because i can't i can't really think of any other shoe to be honest we're talking about if we're throwing old schools in there, I definitely have to say like the Cortez. Like okay, the Cortez there we go. Had yep. like a huge comeback this it year. It was the year of Cortez. Yeah, this year. it was yeah. especially with women too. I see women everywhere yeah. wearing Cortezes now. It's crazy. And then the whole like Kendrick leak of his. Yep. Uh, Cortez definitely was really yep. big. What else is really big? Air Force One. Air Force One. Okay, this year yeah, again. and and I think that's what they missed as well. And I think I guess I'm sort of looking a little bit too too broad because it got kind of specific with like collaborations. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure if they had a more general list, those would probably be in it. Yeah. But yeah, they have a lot more lists just like this on their page. So if you guys ever look through them, uh, definitely shoot us a and, comment uh, if you feel a certain way. We will be doing one of those next week. Probably next week's episode. Yeah, let's do like a like a no chance awards or like Ooh, end of the okay. year yeah. awards, and we'll just kind of like we'll build a list, and you guys can uh, let us know if you guys have any favorites, and maybe Ooh. we'll we'll think about throwing them in there. You know what else we should do? We should do like a predictions. Oh, predictions, like predictions for 2018. Yeah, yeah that'll be, be sick. And what's not? So we have to yeah, do that. I'm down yeah. with that. I got yeah. a, I got a whole lot of predictions. I think in the beginning, couple of beginning episodes, we were like, what are the trends going to be in the in the following years? And so far, I haven't seen we any of them. <laughs> 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 All right, so. Um, yeah, what are we the reason why we wanted to uh, to talk about some of the, the things that happened overall this year is our topic for today and this idea of ending the new year is that there are a lot of stores that we, we've been sort of following, uh, retail fronts, that have been shutting down, which is very depressing, very sad, because a lot of these stores have been around for a very long time and are some of the, the pioneers of streetwear. And like we talked about in recent episodes is the store is the epicenter or the, some, somewhat the epicenter of where streetwear culture sort of lives, right? So if we think about a bodega in New York City, you think <laughs> of a streetwear. A street that's, the, that's the epicenter of that, culture? I mean, like, <laughs> it's where people meet. That's where people, like, congregate. Yeah, no, no, that's, no. that's where I you get you. your daily insight, whatever. That's what these shops meant to a lot of people in their respective cities. So, um, one of the things that I want to talk to you about, and we did, I, I specifically didn't talk to you about it for the sole purpose of talking about it on the podcast, was this whole idea of the hundreds in San Francisco. And for those who didn't know, the hundreds opened up a store in San Francisco, I think, early before 2010 probably a little bit earlier than that maybe around like 2007 and they recently closed shop as of last saturday sunday saturday or sunday yeah, yeah. um bobby and ben hundreds and all the people from the hundreds la came up to the store in sf and there was just this big party we didn't have a chance to go which sucks because we wanted to 
asked them how they felt about it. But now that we're here, we can talk a little bit more about it. So what are your, what were your, your like first impressions when you heard like this throw was going to close? Were you surprised or? Uh, honestly, like the honest truth, I wasn't really surprised. Yeah, me neither, actually. Just because, I mean, as many of you know, like the hundreds isn't the most popular brand anymore. That um, is for damn sure. And I mean, just retail stores in general are just going the way of the dodo, you know, like they're just. <laughs> they are. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't so know that reference, but, <laughs> but I get what you're saying. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that it makes sense. I was not surprised at all. I was it was like a little bit of like a like a damn like, wow, that sucks. Yeah. Like I kind of feel for like a Bobby and Ben who's just like, like I get it. They're making tons of money elsewhere. But the, one of the main reasons why they opened in San Francisco around the time that they opened was because of the culture and the, the sort of like snowball effect that was happening with you had so many different streetwear shops. You had a huge sneakerhead community and they wanted to be a part of it, which they did. And they were, you know, they were really important for, for what it was. But I felt like when they came into San Francisco, they caught like the tail end of it. So they caught like. As, as it was slowly depleting away and social media was coming in and and shoes were being resold rather than worn, I felt like they were a little bit late to the party. Really? I think, well, I think in the, like, the bigger scope of things, yes, that's true. But I think in terms of just micro, uh, in terms of um, San Francisco itself, I think they were still kind of pretty on time with that. Yeah. Because I feel like San Francisco moves a little bit slower than a place like New York or LA. No, yeah, in definitely. Terms of, like culture definitely. being um, absorbed. So I think they were definitely sort of on par with that. Um, but I think, yeah, like in the grand scheme of things, they were a little behind. Yeah. 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 One of the cool things that I, that I found out is when I was following his Instagram story, or maybe it was a post that he put up, in their fitting room, he had a quote. I don't know the quote off the top of my head. I wish I did. But it basically what it read was them foreshadowing that them closing this store was going to happen very very soon so i guess the quote had something to do with um you know short-lived moments and and not being um permanent and life is temporary some shit like that but they were almost foreshadowing that retail was no longer going to be the driving force of clothing and streetwear or whatever yeah so how do you feel about them opening a store knowing that it was slowly it was going to not be something that was permanent anyway i mean they i think that it was still a good thing like it was yeah. still a good choice on their part to take advantage of that moment whether it was short-lived or not you yeah know what i'm saying and I think for a lot of people, like a lot of people in San Francisco or wherever, uh, like L.A., New York, they still have distinct memories of going to a store. Yeah, of course. And I think just providing that experience for other people is worth it in itself. You know what I'm saying? But would you do that? Because when they came in, I think the Huff was leaving or Huff was almost out. Yeah. I'm sure like being within the same circle, like all these guys hang out together. Um you don't think that it was like a bad move for them to come in when when Huff itself knew that it wasn't there anymore? No, I mean, there, I think there's still a lot of years left to 
um, kind of set up shop. Like they were here like what, 2007, 2008? Yeah. Like that's when streetwear in San Francisco was still kind of taking off for yeah. like the majority. Yeah, you know definitely. what I'm saying? Like that's around the time that I really started to get into streetwear. Like one yeah. of my first memories is I used to come down uh, down here to downtown San Francisco like all the time to go shopping with like my parents and brother like on the weekend. And I always remember like driving down Post Street and seeing the hundreds like on the yep. right hand side. And then my brother would always go there. And yeah, I mean, I just have these fond memories of this one specific store, even though I may not have remembered like anything specific from my time going yeah. there or anything like that, you know, yeah. like, I still have some sort of image of the store in my mind. I do remember the first time I ever went into that hundred store and the first item that I bought. I remember the first item I bought at their LA, um, mm -hmm. LA store in Rosewood. I remember the first shirt I bought at the diamond store and I like you do remember the first time very fondly and yeah. you just remember looking at everything and taking like a hundred laps around the store looking at the same shit over and over again but being so fascinated yeah. by it. And I remember like when you're younger you're almost not intimidated by the workers. But I feel like when you get older, it's a little bit different yeah. because you start to feel the vibes more. Like, especially coming from us, we worked in retail. So we know how that like interaction is, but when you don't get that at all, it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I think when it comes to the hundreds and the sort of, I, I guess they had a long lifespan in, in San Francisco, but I think within the past couple of years, they've been struggling a lot. They haven't, they've had less and less sort of like block parties, essentially, yeah. um, not too many launch parties. I felt like it was almost being forgotten. I think they had opened up their Santa Monica store yeah. and then they, that started to be like their big flagship and then San Francisco was just on the wayside and I don't think they really came up here as often as they used to mm. just cause they kind of saw it as being like this thing that just like it's just whatever now you know what i mean it's hard it's hard to say that that's, but that's how san francisco is man yeah. we're just kind of the whatever city. let's talk about <laughs> some of the other stores because that's yeah. not the only store that meant a lot to us in terms of being a place like if we were to go on our weekend like shop sort of tour yeah that was one of the shops we stopped at now there's a couple of other ones that we used to stop at as well and one of the big ones now that we're like super into that we're i'm like super upset that's gone but at the time i didn't really care too much about was stussy like stussy used to yeah. be on hate street and now when i think about it that was a gem like yeah for that sure, would have been so nice to have now yeah. because that's stuff that we like in terms of like the pieces they put out and everything like you can't get that shit at zoomies or you can't get it at like like online as often usually it's kind of sold out or whatever but that would have been a nice place to really have i had i, I like that place a lot too yeah i mean yeah for sure stussy like that was when we went to New York. That was like one of the stores that I definitely wanted yeah. to go to because I was in, I was like searching for this one particular piece. But I think, as far as like their mainline stuff, like uh, more of like their unique pieces, like that would have been so sick to have out here. Yeah, you know? ex like especially like their collaborations and all that yeah. stuff. That would have been really nice. And I think, yeah. how do you feel about this? So when you go into certain streetwear stores, there's different types of people that work there. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that? What do you mean? Like, do you think that the vibe at a Diamond Supply Co. or the vibe at a Pink Dolphin is different than the vibe at a Stussy? Yeah, for sure. And I think that even boils down, or I think that even goes down to, like, the individuals who work at one store, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you can get different people. Like, 
a lot of the times when I get in, when I go into a streetwear store or a skate shop or whatever, it's always like that one dude who skates, that yeah. one guy who's like really into like indie music, or yeah. that one guy that I don't know. So let's talk know, about like let's shopping. talk about the the sort of overarching topic of all this and this sort of retail apocalypse of what's sort of going on, right? Yeah. Obviously, we talk about in every episode because it is very relevant to to all these topics. Is this idea of you know, e-commerce and online shopping and, and Instagram, even Instagram shopping and yeah. shit like that, right? Where do we see this sort of trend in terms of, you know, like, and and let me preface with this because Bobby Hundreds put out this almost like streetwear state of the union address on, on, on his blog, one of the like few blogs that are still going nowadays that was started like in early 2000s. But he put out this uh, like streetwear address that basically said the current climate of streetwear and how you know this retail setting and, and social media and all these things are sort of fucking it up and and streetwear is slowly sort of transitioning to this mix of of these conglomerates like high fashion houses sort of adopting it and bringing it in and calling it its own when it started out as being a subculture like we always say right yeah. so that essence of being like fuck the man is currently like let's work with the man yeah so that's a huge thing in terms of is streetwear even a subculture anymore and where is it going to transition to in the future so when we see something like our favorite stores vanish right mm-hmm. where does that community live and what do we see next for for street world where, what is it going to become within the next you know couple of years is it going to vanish at some point yeah I mean, I agree with him in the sense that streetwear isn't a, like a niche or a subculture anymore. It's yeah. part of like mainstream pop culture. Like it's it's everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Like it's reaching such a broader audience than it was, let's say, five years ago. Yeah. And it's going to continue to like grow exponentially, I think, within the next few years. So I definitely think there's going to be a lot more gray area as opposed to like black and white like there has been. Yeah. But I don't know like it'll be interesting to see what happens like I like for me it's not so bad because I the way that I dress or the stuff that I enjoy is usually a mix of like menswear and streetwear anyway so for me it's not like a drastic departure but yeah I know for like a lot of like diehard streetwear heads people who have been around since like the 90s like they see this they see this like whole gray area going on and it's just I don't know yeah. Like, it's kind of upsetting because it's, yeah, like... Yeah, it definitely is. It's something that they've loved for the majority of their lives, and now it's just gone in a completely different direction. They yeah. feel like they're being left behind. No, you know I, I definitely feel that. And like you said, like, that that huge gray area is now going to be... Now, if you, if, yeah. you, if you think about it, and you're a brand coming up now, you don't aspire to be, like, the hundreds or aspire to be, like, a Stussy. You aspire to be some some brand like Off-White. You want to sell your shit at high margins. Yeah. You want to sell limited stuff. Yeah. You're not about like the culture that surrounds it. You it's just want to be in that circle. It's of that streetwear gentrification. Exactly. Man. Like right. <laughs> like it's these like people that come in and just immediately want to be their own streetwear fashion house. And yeah. I think that's good and that's bad. But I think where, when it comes to being a subculture and being sort of ingrained in you know streetwear as a subculture. 
when you try to aspire to be something that's already like this big ass thing, then you almost it, it almost loses the essence. Yeah, and I mean like there are unique things that still do go on within the streetwear community, but of I course, think they just yeah. leak into like the mainstream it's like exponentially quicker than they used to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it could be one thing going on this day and then the next day everybody else is doing it or you see it yeah like, 10 other places yep so that's the whole social media thing and yeah. i think nowadays if you're an instagram brand and you come up you get like you know a couple thousand followers you're already looped in oh no no they're not looped in brands like the hundreds and huff and diamond supply they're looped in with these instagram brands now yeah because now that there's this huge divide with a little bit of gray space, but there's this huge divide between who's popping the off whites, um, a cold wall, um, palace, like Supreme, whatever. Yeah. These brands like hundreds and diamond, whatever, they get pushed to the back of the bus. They're like, Hey, you belong with those Instagram brands. I don't care how long you've been here. Yeah. You're not making a cultural impact anymore. You're just as small or as irrelevant as some of these Instagram brands that are coming up selling, you know, screen printed t-shirts well, off. The, the web. The shift, I think, comes down to, um, in part, because of, like, people wanting something more premium than just, like, something, like, gritty streetwear, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, people these days want something that's going to make them feel a little bit better about themselves. Yeah. It's going to make them feel a little bit more important. Like, for instance, like, if you're at the store and you're choosing between, like, two different two different items that are completely the same you're usually going to gravitate towards the one that has, like, the better-looking packaging. Just True. because, like, it looks better. A better tag, maybe. Yeah, like, it makes you feel better about yourself somehow. You think you're getting, like, a more quality product because of the way that it looks. And no, I think yeah. that sort of shift in mindset kind of goes into the streetwear realm as well. You know what I'm saying? And that just yeah. goes, like like you said, like, that just goes with, like, what people are doing nowadays with, with streetwear. Like, obviously this idea of making it look premium is important back then when we were buying hundreds t-shirts or hoodies or or whatever we didn't give a shit about the quality i don't think i ever cared about the quality of the t-shirt when i bought a hundreds t-shirt all i cared about was if it fit obviously when i washed it and dried it it shrunk and i was just like well it's shit out of luck the only hundreds t-shirts i ever had were like hand-me-downs for my brother really yeah so they were like all xls and i can't even fit them still (laughs) I think I still I think I still have some in my closet actually. Well, if they're they're probably worth some money nowadays. Those are vintage, they? Those vintage Stussy shirts are, or the vintage hundreds ones are, are still worth something. But um, I think in terms of that, it's just like, what was I saying? I was saying something <laughs> along. I was saying something along the lines of, um, oh, quality, right? Yeah. So nobody was buying like premium jackets or even jackets that fit. You know what I mean? It was yeah. streetwear shirt screen printed hoodie zip up hoodie whatever yeah nobody was like i guess within streetwear nobody was trying to dress the way that they do now or like mix in yeah other styles with streetwear it yeah was just, i mean streetwear back then wasn't about luxury or being premium it was oh, just that's about so true that's it was just so about streetwear and what it meant to you or sneakers and what they meant to you things like that. that's that's a, a very important yeah. nugget right there it was never about like we talked about before, like, yeah, it was kind of about upholding some sort of image, but it was never about, you know, always trying to, like, flex on other people and, you know. That's the point. That's the point that, that Bobby Hundreds made, and, you, and that, that's a good thing to bring up, is he made this 
he has like five sort of ethos of his main points for where streetwear is now. And one of the things that he mentioned was that streetwear was never about, you know, no, I'll start with this one. Streetwear was always about having the rare item, having the item that nobody else had, having limited edition shit. It wasn't about, oh, and wearing their shit as well. And showing people that they have their shit. But it was never about dressing like somebody else or having the same thing that somebody else had. And if we look at stuff like social media nowadays and you look at a post, the first thing you say sometimes is, damn, I want to wear that. I want to look like that. Yeah. And that's the thing, like you said earlier, like when you were talking about scrolling through Instagram, like the streetwear hashtag. Yeah. You said you had to scroll a few pages down before you saw somebody that was like, that was actually, yeah, like I'll comment on that. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. And that's just real. Like, it's so weird to think of like that's how we think nowadays because we're like there's so much influx of all these pictures of all these people wearing the same thing that you're almost brainwashed into saying i should wear that too or yeah. i think i would look good in that but yeah. it, it was never about that it was all these people that i see and oh let's go circa like 2006 all these people that i see wearing all these different clothing I'm going to wear something different. Yeah. Or I want to look different. Like they all look the same. I want to look different. And there's still that mindset nowadays, but there may be only that one in 100 in that group that's thinking like, I don't look like you guys. I don't want to wear the same shoes as you guys. And, and those are the people that we look at is like, what the hell are you wearing? But that's where it starts, right? Like that's where it starts. No, yeah, for sure. And that's crazy. But I definitely, if, if anybody's listening, Take the chance to to check out that article or check out that what seemed like the fucking streetwear Bible. The like <laughs> the New Testament is yeah. what it seems like. But definitely check that out because King I, James Version. <laughs> King King Hundreds. King Bobby Hundreds. <laughs> but I think you should definitely check that out if you want like a, a very good insight into the sort of current climate of streetwear. Coming from a person that has been a part of it from the from the very beginning. And it was funny because I commented on on Twitter on that very article that he posted, and I said, you just encompassed our entire podcast in, in one essay. <laughs> and I was like, please come on our show. And, like, because it's true. Like, yeah. there's somebody in the, the world, and there's not too many people like Bobby Hundreds when it comes to I give a shit about streetwear. He almost treats it as if it's his kid. Like, he yeah. loves to see it and grow that, up. And that's the thing that I admire about him is that he's, like, super candid about his brand and how maybe it w- it's not as ex- uh, not as successful as it was before. Yeah, that's but real. Yeah, that's real, and I can appreciate that. And he also, like, you could tell that he's very passionate about it because, yeah. like, he just I don't know. You, Nobody's like, putting together op-ed articles yeah, on streetwear. Yeah, like this 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 whole thing that's only existed for about. 25 years like yeah. there's people that are still writing articles on quantum physics and like they like <laughs> l- dedicate their whole life to some yeah. shit but to some guy who's dedicating his life and his livelihood to some t-shirts with prints on them you gotta give them <sighs> give some him a sort Nobel of peace prize you gotta give them something you know <laughs> what i mean that's super important but yeah. i think a way to end this episode is basically to say like to sort of keep that going and keep keep educating yourself and keep aspiring to be different and being an individual and looking towards other new brands that are coming up support your friends support support your family whatever if they have a clothing line wear their stuff support us man like we are i would say the subconscious of bobby hundreds what he thinks about from like from time to time and he posts on his social media whatever i think we're thinking about it every day so if you guys are listening to this 
make sure to tag tag a a, a dice emoji on every on a, on an Instagram post or or a, t- a tweet that he puts out. Do that for us so we can get that interview with him one day because I feel like. It'd be awesome when I all his stores close. Yeah, no, <laughs> oh, man, I would I'm never kidding, wish. I'm no, kidding. man, keep them open. Keep them open. We got to keep these retail stores open. That we would have nothing else to do on the weekends. If you really True. think about it. But right. I think that's a that was a great episode. A we aimed for forty five minutes, and it is currently forty five minutes, and it's ongoing. Whatever, but in a couple seconds. So, I think that's a goal that we just set for ourselves, and we accomplished. So, episode eighteen. Oh wait, actually. Be sure to listen to all our older episodes. Make sure you guys like, subscribe. Um, if you like watching our fucking like lookbook videos that we put up on Instagram, Ooh, yeah, definitely look at those. Like those ones. Those. If you think Nate looks awkward in them, make sure you comment <laughs> and tell him he does. I definitely do. We're gonna be doing a lot more of those. We're gonna be doing a lot more interviews and all that stuff. 2018's coming up. Um, next week's episode, we'll be talking about sort of roundup of 2017 we'll be doing the no chance uh no chance we'll we'll probably come up with a better name than that to be honest but if anything make sure you tune into every episode every friday it's usually posted at random times but whatever but if anything make sure you listen to us next week and next week and next week and next week for the next couple years have a happy holidays happy holidays have a happy new year get us to ten thousand views that's our, our our new year's resolution so um, as always, your host of the No Chance Podcast. My name's Ryan. My name's Nate. And we are out. Peace.